Hello and welcome to episode 13 of LUFC Fan Zone Podcast. I'm Sam Miles. And I'm Jack Ellis. In each episode, we'll be talking to our next Leeds United player or manager about their time at the club. We're delighted to announce that today's episode is sponsored by autograph specialist Legendary Signings. Legendary Signings were founded by Leeds United season ticket holders and they are the suppliers of hand-signed football memorabilia. After collecting signatures at Ellen Road as youngsters, the brand has taken the step up to now host professional signing sessions of players past and present. Their items include signed memorabilia from former Leeds United legends such as Jackie Charlton, Norman Hunter and Alan Clark. And their most recent signing session was with Leeds' League One hero, Jermaine Beckford. Hosting signing sessions ensures that legendary signings acquire the highest quality signatures possible from their clients and they also offer framing options for their items. You can find all of their signed items at www.legendarysignings.co.uk or on their eBay, Etsy or Amazon stores where photo proof and certificate of authenticity are also available. But back to the show. And all of our episodes can be found on our LEFC fans on YouTube channel as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And last episode, we were with former Leeds United striker Trezor Candle, who spoke to us about his time in prison less than six months before the move to Leeds United in 2006, as well as scoring the winner in Leeds' first ever match in League One at Tramnia Rovers. This week, with another striker, however one who played for Leeds at a far more successful time than Candle. After joining from Brian Clough's Nottingham Forest for a reported £400,000 in January 1990, he was a part of Leeds' squad who won promotion from Division 2 in his first six months at the club, scoring the winning goal which saw Leeds clinch the title away at Bournemouth on the last day of the season. Just two years later, he was a vital player as Leeds won the Division 1 title under Howard Wilkinson, scoring 16 goals which included two hat-tricks and helped Leeds win the last ever Division 1 title before the creation of the Premier League. It's Jamie Forrester chasing now, the number 10, good ball in for Chapman, 1-0! That's right. We're delighted to be joined by former Leeds United striker, Lee Chapman. Thank you so much for joining us, Lee. Great to be with you, Sam. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Lee, it's been over 30 years since you joined Leeds. And since your departure in 1993, the club has graced the Champions League as well as fallen down into the depths of League One. However, this year, Leeds finally have returned to the top flight after 16 years. Have you had the chance to watch Leeds at all in the Premier League this year? And have you followed the club since you left? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was the most magical period of my career. I mean, I spent nearly four years at Leeds and obviously won the second division title, uh, the the last first division title. And it's just a wonderful time. You know, um, my my dream was to be a top goal scorer in a a title winning team. and, And I achieved that with Leeds. And not only did we win an awful lot of uh, uh, trophies and had a lot of success there but the fans were amazing uh and i'll never forget my time there so ever since i left um i've, I've followed them really closely and it's been such a shame to see them out of the top league for, for what 16 17 years now and it's and it's great to see them back really is great to see them back and uh it, it took them a couple of attempts under bielsa but i knew they'd get there um and i think so far this season um, that they've done really well. Um, they look as though, to me, that they're not going to struggle to stay up there. Uh, they're not going to be uh, scrambling about in the relegation area. I think they're, they're capable of a top 10 finish. Um, and I think the exciting times ahead for Leeds and, and the fans. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. And 
like Jack said, it's been quite a while since you joined Leeds and you joined the club from Nottingham Forest in January 1990. And the manager of Nottingham Forest at the time was Brian Clough. And previously on the LUFC Fan Zone podcast, we spoke to Neil Redfern, who was also at Nottingham Forest as a youngster. And he said that he was denied a move to Leeds when Clough was manager because Brian Clough didn't want to give Leeds any of his players after what had happened to him in the past. Did anything like that affect your transfer to Leeds or was it pretty straightforward? No, well, I mean, I, I, I signed for Brian, um, Brian Clough in uh, 70, uh, 78 and under Cluffy, I became a winner for the first time. He was a, an amazing, incredible manager, the like of which we'll never see again. I mean, managers can't behave like he behaved. He just got away <laughs> with so many things. It was unique. Absolutely. I mean, I've got some stories that I can't really tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it could get me in, into a lot of trouble. But it, 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 it was a bygone era. But what he was, he was a winner. He was an amazing analyzer of the game. Training, not, not his forte. You know, not, not, not the, the, the greatest uh, expert on fitness and, and um, pre, pre-match training sessions and the set, piece, set pieces. But what he was was a winner and analyzing the game. And he made me a winner. We won the League Cup. Um, that year, uh, in '78, we won the CMOD Cup, which was a competition that uh, English clubs uh, went into when they were banned from Europe. Uh, and we also ended up in the semi-final of the um, FA Cup, which unfortunately was the, the Hillsborough um, disaster semi-final. But um, you know, it was an amazing time with Cluffy, and uh, I got on well with him. A lot of a lot of players were scared of him they, when he walked down the corridor. They used to die for cover. But I, I got on very well with him. I was lucky. Um, we had a good relationship. Uh, and when I heard that um, Howard Wilkinson wanted to take me on again after spending four years with Sheffield Wednesday, I, I, I knew I had to come back and work under him again. So I just went to Cluffy and I said, uh, I think I'm, I made some excuse about having a tax bill to pay or something like that. And then I, I needed to move quickly. And, um, and you know, and he, 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 I think he knew that was, you know, I, that wasn't wasn't the case. But he let me go. He said, listen, if, if you want to go, I'm not going to stand in your way. And the lead situation never came into it. I don't think he's he, I don't think he holds grudges. Um, I, I, he certainly did at that time anyway. And he, and he let me go. The move, the moves happened within a few days. So, yeah, not a problem with Ryan. But it, it, it was it was a legend. Absolute legend. And when you did arrive at Leeds, the deal was reportedly worth £400,000 and you made your debut against Blackburn Rovers at Ewood Park in what was then the second division. What could you remember about your first game in a Leeds United shirt because you scored in that 2-1 win? Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a good record for scoring on my debut, fortunately, as a striker. When you, when you move to a, a new club, all the fans are expecting a lot from you. A striker has to score goals, you know, whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter how well he plays, uh, how hard he works. A good striker, top striker, has to score 20 plus goals a season. Uh, and, and to get off to a great start like that was, was unbelievable. It was very strange, obviously, a very different um, scenario. Uh, I didn't know any of the players. I, I'd, I'd spend a couple of days with them training. But um, they made me feel really welcome and I just fitted in straight away. And it's, it's so important as a striker to, to score on your debut because then it, it, you, you, it eases the pressure. You don't want to be going four or five games with the pressure mounting up on you and then it starts affecting your play. So, absolutely dream start for me. And between that Blackburn match and the end of the season, you scored 12 goals in the 21 remaining matches. However, the most important one was, of course, on the final day of the season at Bournemouth, which secured Leeds a Division 2 title 
after beating Sheffield United on goal difference. What can you remember about that day at Bournemouth and your goal which secured Leeds' promotion? Oh, well, it was an incredibly tense day. We knew that uh, we, we had to win, really, to guarantee a promotion and to, to end up as champions as well, which, which we wanted to do. As much as promotion, we wanted to be champions. Um, it's important to go up in style. And I remember all the players were incredibly tense. It was a really hot day. Um, we were travelling to the stadium and we heard the fans had been a little bit naughty. Um, one or two of them had had a few too many beers and they started to take Bournemouth apart. Um, so we knew there were, there were problems outside the ground. Um, but we, that did, didn't really distract us. Um, the pitch, obviously, it's a tiny stadium. It's back in the day. Um, a tiny crowd, uh, packed, absolutely packed. But t- a small crowd right on top of you. The pitch was awful. It was really dry, bobbly, not not, not a great surface at all. And the whole game was played uh, under real sort of pressure. Um, we didn't really play that well, but we kept at it. We kept working hard. And all I remember is um, uh, towards the end of the game, um, Chris Kamara got the, the ball on the on the right hand side, put in an amazing cross to me, and I and I just got up. And uh, it got got a great header and passed the goalie. I mean, it, it flew in because the Cammy's cross was so, you know, so it hit so hard. It just it came straight to my head and flew off, and and, and that that was it. And probably probably the most important goal I scored while while I was at Leeds, the, the single most important goal. And as Leeds prepared for Division One, the club the club recruited a few new players for the upcoming season, which included Gary McAllister from Leicester for one million pounds, Chris White from West Brom and the return of John Lukic from Arsenal for another £1 million. Because there weren't many new arrivals that season, how, how confident were you that the side would be able to compete in the top division because it was mostly made up of the same squad from the league below? Yeah, it was, um, I knew there was a good nucleus of a team there, and I think the additions that he brought in were exactly what was needed. Uh, and it complemented the team really well. Um, we, 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 of course, Strachey was there, Gordon Strachan, um, and we just needed one or two little uh, more experienced players. Gary McAllister came in, John Lukic, um, just strengthened the areas that I felt needed strengthening a little bit. Um, you know, Mervyn Day did a great job as goalie, but he was coming towards the end of his career, and, and I just felt that uh, John Lukic would, would give us a little bit more, as, as would Gary McAllister in, in, in midfield. So I, I thought there were, there were great signings, and... Um, of course, the first season, no one expected us to do well at all. And, and we, we finished, we, I think we finished fourth, was it? Fourth, I think we finished yeah, the first yeah. season. Yeah. And we, no one expected us to finish that high. Uh, and one of the reasons why we finished so so high was because Howard Wilkinson is, is the complete opposite to Brian Clough. Um, he's, on a, on a match day, probably not, uh, doesn't have the same charisma as Brian Clough and the, 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 the presence. But what he does do is prepares his, his teams uh, magnificently. You know, the, the training is intense. The rehearsal for set pieces goes on and on and on, sometimes too long. You know, sometimes on a Friday, you'd be there for an hour rehearsing the same set piece. Uh, defensively as well, you'd, you'd rehearse defensive situations where you had to defend. And we were so well repaired, prepared that season that uh, we took a lot of teams by surprise. And we scored a lot of goals from set pieces because we rehearse them day in, day out, especially on a Friday. And also defensively, it's not you don't you not only have to rehearse uh, um, uh, creating goals from set pieces, but defending, because it's amazing how many teams concede goals from set pieces because they're not prepared. Uh, and so I, I, it wasn't a surprise to me. Um, and obviously, our fitness levels with Howard Wilkinson were, were, were tremendous. 
because he, he, his training re- regime is, is tough. You know, you have to be incredibly fit to survive it. Um, otherwise, you're not around at the club for very long. And one of the standout games of that season was a match at Ellen Road against Liverpool in April, where despite you scoring your first hat-trick for Leeds, Leeds lost the match 5-4 in a hugely dramatic match. What can you remember out that game? And what was it like to score a hat-trick and still be on the losing side? Well, I mean, that's there were the back in the days when Liverpool were, were a real force as well. Um, and, you know, I'd scored a few goals against Liverpool, but one here, one there. Uh, you know, and to score a hat-trick against Liverpool was, was, was a dream for me. Uh, you know, it's up there, you know, in, in one of the highlights of my career. But I just could not believe that, you know, I score a hat-trick and we end up losing 5-4. It was an incredible game. It was an amazing game. Um, and I'll always remember it, but it's just such a shame that, that we didn't win. And like we mentioned, Leeds finished fourth in that first season back in Division 1, which could only be described as a fantastic season for the club. And on a personal level, you finished with 31 goals in all competitions and 21 in the league, just one behind Arsenal striker Alan Smith, who eventually won the Golden Boot Award that season. Did you ever expect to have such a successful season, both individually and as well as a team? Well, I, I, I sort of my reputation was that I, I was good for twenty goals a season, uh, twenty plus. I, you know, and I'd done that for for most of my career. So it, it didn't surprise me that the the team I was in, I was able. You know, I need good players around me. You know, especially my my type of play, big centre forward, a traditional centre forward. I need the crosses. I need the delivery. I need the service. You know, uh, and I I had no doubt with players around me like Strachey, Gordon McAllister. Uh, um, uh, Gary Speed, and then fullbacks running forward like Mel Sterling and Tony Dorigo. Uh, 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 and uh, I, I knew that there would be no problem in, in them creating chances for me. So, so it wasn't a surprise. Um, I was a little bit disappointed I didn't get the golden boot because you know overall I think that season 31 was the top uh, top goals goals scored by any striker. But obviously the golden boot's only given to league goals. So there's a little bit. A little bit sad about that, but it was it was a real honour to score over 30 goals in one season. It was an incredible achievement for the team because the team were making so many chances for me that year. Um, it's just it was just a great great team to play in. Absolutely, and many players that we've spoken to on the podcast always explain how it's always nice to receive individual awards at Leeds. However, despite your huge contribution that season and by far being the club's top goalscorer. David Batty won Leeds as Player of the Season for the 1990-91 season. And I know it's not all about awards, but did you feel like you might have deserved it that season as you were obviously one of Leeds' main players? Oh, no. I, I mean, I, listen, I, 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 just, I just used to go for goals, goals records. and I wasn't really worried about Player of the Season, uh, but I, I wanted to be the top goal scorer in the, in, the, in the league, in the country that year, and I was. Unfortunately, didn't get the golden boot. That that was I was more upset about not getting the golden boot because, but I understand that was only for league goals. Um, it, it's a shame they don't give an award for total goals, league and cup. But no, no, David Batty deserved it that year. I mean, David was was, was tremendous. Like he, he came of age. You know, he was a youngster in in the team in the season before in, in the old second division. But uh, that year, that first year in the first division, he, he came of age. He, he matured. He developed. And I think he, he absolutely deserved it, without a doubt. The following season, Howard Wilkinson strengthened his side once again and brought in Rod Wallace, Tony DiRigo and Steve Hodge for a combined £6 million, which 
at the time was obviously quite a lot of money. And despite only being in Division 1 for two seasons, do you think that Leeds tried to build on that fourth place finish, which was already a huge success? Absolutely. You, you know, you, 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 any top team, and that counts nowadays as well, that, uh, and Man United have found this to their cost. Each season, no matter, even if you win the, even if you win the league, you have to add to your squad. You have to keep challenging the current members of that squad. You can't just leave it as it is, otherwise it becomes stale and it goes downhill. It goes into reverse. So you, every year, no matter how well you do, you have to add three or four players, top players as well, not not just squad members, players that are going to challenge to be in the team and and, and, and can stay in the team. Um, so I, I thought that that was the right right way forward, and and I thought the three players he, he brought. That, for the next season, were, were, were perfect, absolutely perfect, and uh, and uh, history history agreed with that. You know, they came in and the team and started performing, and uh, obviously that was the year when we won, we won the title. The first game of the season was at Ellen Road against Nottingham Forest and Brian Clough, your former club and manager, and Leeds won the match one nil thanks to a goal from Gary McAllister. Like the previous season, Leeds had a fantastic start to the campaign. However, even better than the previous year, as you've just lost once from the opening game all the way up until February, which gave Leeds a fantastic chance of achieving that higher finish than the previous year. Although the previous year was very successful, what do you think was better that season as opposed to last year, as you were obviously picking up results left, right, centre? I, I just think, I, I, as I've just said, um, he, he added strength to the squad. He added players who added to the team, gave us a little bit more. Um, we, we moved forward, we didn't stand still. And obviously we were hungry. Um, we, we were... We were amazed in a way that we finished so high, but we, we once we had finished fourth, we went, hey, you know, we can do better than this. And the manager said fourth was great last year, but we want to do high, better than that. We want to finish higher. Um, he didn't say win the title because um, one of the things that Howard was really clever about was even in the final stages of, of that year, he never said we're going to win the title. Um, his 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 aim for us for that year was to finish runners-up. Uh, funny enough, you, were, you, may, you might find this hard to believe, but he never ever put the pressure on us that, that we had to win the title. He said that what we're aiming for, he said, I'll be happy with an improvement third, second, I think we can finish runners-up. Uh, but he never mentioned the title once, which I thought was psychologically was very, very astute. And as well as the team, you were having another extremely good season. And in January, you scored your first of two hat-tricks that year in a 6-1 away win against Sheffield Wednesday. What can you remember about that game? And when, in that season, did you realistically think that you could win a Division 1 title? Because at that time, and that result especially, was obviously a very good high point. Yeah, obviously the Sheffield, the Sheffield Wednesday hat-trick was, 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 was great for me because I, I spent four great years at Sheffield Wednesday under Howard Wilkinson. Um, so for both of us, that was a great result. You'd always like to go back to your old club. And, and, and beat them uh, and to get a hat-trick there at Hillsborough was, was amazing for me. Um, I, I, I think in terms of realising when we, we could do it, I don't think we ever did until the final game. Um, I, I know that obviously United were, were favourites to win that title, they were, they, they were in the strongest position for most of the season but then suddenly when, when it mattered most, when they had to start winning the games in hand that they had towards the end, they completely collapsed, and people will say that they had too many games in the backlog of games that, 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 that killed it for them. But no, I don't think so. I think they 
the pressures of them not won, having won the title for I think it was 20 years or something uh, something like that the pressure got to them and, and they, they all buckled under the pressure uh, and I think uh, Ferguson Alex Ferguson realized that because he was really nice to us um, uh, very complimentary he didn't say they'd lost it he said we, we won it which we did um, I, 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 I think it was, uh, people recognize that now in February when Leeds were flying high in the league, Leeds chairman Leslie Silver continued his spending and brought in a relatively unknown Frenchman at the time in Eric Cantona, who arrived from Nimes from around £900,000. How was he at Four Park in Ellen Road in the first couple of weeks after he arrived in England? Well, he was, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, cause he, uh, he, because I'd played in France for a little while, um, I was sort of... I was given the job of translator, which was a big mistake because um, my French was absolutely useless. I, I, I kidded everyone that I could speak French, but I couldn't. So I was uh, talking pidgin English to um, pidgin French to, to, to Eric. Uh, I think one one match day interview would sort of emphasise that how how bad my French was. Um, so I, I I got roomed with him and I, my job was to try and help him into the team and, and uh, but Eric didn't need any help he was um he was an individual he was uh, in many ways a loner he liked to do things his way and he didn't really need any help uh he he struggled to when he first came into the team um because he, he actually came into the team because I broke my uh, wrist I had a double fracture of my wrist against Man United in the uh, League Cup uh and I was meant to be out for about six or seven weeks uh, and that's one of the reasons why Eric was 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 brought in. Um, but I came back, I think about after about three or four weeks, I had a plaster cast that I was able to play with, and we 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 played together. Um, uh, and he he struggled a little bit with the pace of the Premier League, uh, and the way we played was very direct, getting the ball forward very quickly. And Eric liked to drop off a lot, get to feet, and and that wasn't really the way Leeds played. So I thought Eric had a, a, a good introduction to, to, to the league. Um, he, he, he did well. Um, I thought he did better that, that first season coming on the substitute when the pace of the game had slowed down and, he, and then he could drop off and get it to his feet and, and show what a great player he was. Um, so he certainly, certainly was a, a different player from what, from what we've seen before, that's for sure. In March, you scored your second hat-trick of the year against Wimbledon and Leeds, Manchester United, Sheffield Wednesday and Arsenal were all in with a chance of winning the league and every team was separated by less than six points with just a few games remaining of the season. Because of the four teams all competing for the title, the room forever was extremely tight. How did the pressure for the upcoming matches, knowing that if the side slipped up, another team would have made the most of it? And how did you feel that it helped you when the players perform? Um, we, as I said, as I just said, Howard was really clever. He never actually said we're going to win the title. He, he always said to us, he kept saying to us, well, we can do with runners up, runners up spot, runners up spot. If not that, third, but we have to do better than fourth. He, he never put any pressure under us. I think Man United had a lot of pressure put on them. Uh, they, everyone expected United to win the title. Um, not, not so much Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, or Arsenal, but I, I, I certainly think Man United had a lot of pressure put on them, and, and they buckled under that pressure. Um, the atmosphere in our dressing room was really relaxed um, because when when you don't have to hit that, that peak, you know you can enjoy it. And because we felt we were well capable of finishing runners up, we, we thought we, we would definitely be there second or third without without any problems at all. Um, and we never discussed winning it, and that's that's one of the reasons I, th- I think why we did win it because we had no pressure on us. Leeds' final away match of that season and the second last game of the campaign was against Sheffield United, 
and you and the side knew that if Leeds won the match, Manchester United also had to pick up three points to keep the title race alive. And Manchester United played after Leeds, meaning that a win was a must to have the upper hand. How did Howard Wilkinson prepare you and the team for that game? Because it was obviously Leeds' best chance to win the Division 1 title in years. Did he keep that calm approach? Yeah, absolutely. It was very low-key. Um, didn't didn't need to rev us up. We, we, we knew it, that day for all of us was a bit of a blur um, because we knew that the pressure could feel it on the coach. On the coach um, driving down to Sheffield, we, we, you could feel the, the pressure. People were trying to laugh and joke, but you could tell they, they, they were very really nervous, really nervous. Uh, Howard was very low-key, pretty much taught, really low-key. Did, we didn't want to exaggerate the situation, uh, didn't want to you know, intensify the situation. Uh, but that what happened to that game was so bizarre. I mean, it was one of the most bizarre games I've played in. Um, own goals, you know, and just bizarre deflections, you know, you name it. It just, how we ended up winning that game, I, I have no idea. But it, it, I, all I can, can imagine is that it was meant to be. You know, we, we, we were meant to win that title. Um, we, we'd won the game. We, we didn't know quite know how. Um, and we were travelling home on the coach knowing that, uh, you know, United were playing Liverpool, and uh, we were, if Liverpool beat them, then then the title was ours. And yeah, like you said, Leeds won the match three-two and put the pressure back on Manchester United. And following the match, there were the famous shots of yourself, David Batty, Darren McAllister, and Eric Cantona all watching the Manchester United against Liverpool match in hopes that United would drop points. Whose idea was it to all watch the match together and just the four of you rather than the whole squad? And how optimistic were you that Liverpool would help Leeds out? Well, uh, I, I knew, uh, I used to do a lot of TV work at the time, a lot of punditry uh, with ITV. And Trevor East, who was the head of ITV Sport, called me on my mobile on the, on the way back uh, from the game from Sheffield to Leeds. And he said, listen, it's all on this game now, Man United Liverpool. Can we um, send a camera crew round to your house and then if you just invite three or four of the, the players to sit with you and we'll sit with you watching the game and, you know, you, you could you could win the title today. Today, you, you, could, you could come away as, as, as champions. Uh, so I said, yeah, that's fine. You know, I, I was into doing lots of TV at the time. So I, I had, the only people who would turn up, I mean, I think I asked people like Strachey and uh, John Nukic, they all said no. And the only ones who said yes um, it was Gary, Mack, David and, and Eric. I don't think Eric knew what I was asking him to do. But anyway, he ended up being there. And uh, I mean, we were just sat there, uh, and it was very bizarre. It was one of the early days of live TV trans transmission, and they had this enormous mast. I lived in a little village called Rowcliffe in North Yorkshire, off the A1, and um, they had this enormous mast going about 50 foot in the air. You know, now it's just sat dishes, satellite dishes now, and you can hardly see them. But in those days, it was really big equipment, and uh, the, the whole of the village sort of came to a standstill. Um, we were watching the game, and um, obviously Liverpool did us a, a, a fantastic favour. We, we were champions, and then um, after the game, we were just stunned. Um, and we were being interviewed. I think it was was it John Helm. I think John Helm was 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 interviewing us, and uh, we looked like we'd um, we, we were we were attending a funeral. I mean, no, none of us knew exactly what was happening. They hadn't really sunk in, and um, they went to a commercial break. And Trevor's called me, and he said, uh, "It's a chappy." He said. Uh, you look as though you're at a fucking funeral. He said, just cheer up. You just won, you just won the title. He said, get some champagne out. And I said, listen, I haven't got any champagne. He said, uh, he said so just give me the guy. So he, 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 I passed the phone to one of these guys and they ran across to the pub 
uh, across the village green and uh, got some champagne. We opened the champagne in time for coming back from the commercial break, and we still looked as though we were, we were attending the funeral. Um, it, just, it just it was bizarre. It was very very bizarre. It hadn't sunk in, and it only really sunk in that night later on when we went back into Leeds. We went, we all agreed to meet, and I think we met, met at the Flying Pizza, uh, and that's when it really sunk in that we, we we'd won the title. The whole restaurant as we walked in came to their feet. And we're singing, and and then the whole town was buzzing. You know, people beeping the horns, and that's when it really sunk in that we would achieve something. It was it was an incredible day. Yeah, and the final match of the season was yet another win, this time over Norwich, meaning that Leeds finished the year on 82 points, losing just four games all season. And on a personal level, you scored 16 goals in the league, meaning that you were once again Leeds' top goal scorer. You and the side celebrated the fantastic season in the traditional manner with the open-top bus ride going around Leeds, showing off the trophy to all the supporters, which lives much in the memory of the older generation of Leeds fans who were there to celebrate. How did that feel, celebrate, how did that feel being champions of England and celebrating on that open-top bus? I was, it was, it was a, that was a wonderful day. I mean, that, everything had sunk in. You knew we, we knew we were champions. And it was just a great, great day. Um, and it was lovely to see everyone turn up. Uh, and, and you could tell what it meant to, to the, not only the fans, the supporters of Leeds, but, but everyone in Leeds, even if they didn't enjoy football, everyone turned out that day. It was just an incredible turnout. Uh, and it's one of those moments that you'll, 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 you'll never forget in football. Um, it's what you work hard for. It's what you want to achieve all your, your career. And, and we all achieved it. We were very lucky. That, that squad of players was a, a special squad of players. Uh, and, and we deserved to win the title that, that year. And, and, and we can all look back at that in, a, in, our, in our later years, or in our old age, with a lot of fond memories. And as you know, the season was known by Leeds fans as the last proper champions, as after that year, the formation of the league was altered. And Division 1 now became the Premier League, meaning that Leeds were the last team to ever win the Division 1 title. When were you aware that the league would be changing to the Premier League? And what sort of impact did you think it would have on English football? Because the main reason for the change was obviously to do with money. Yeah, we we we, we weren't aware, obviously, during the season. Uh, there was been talk about it, but uh, as players, we weren't aware at all. It seemed to all happen... Uh, at the end of the season, I think it was a lot of rushed decisions, and obviously Sky came in with a lot of money, uh, and obviously wanted to rebrand. You know, they they didn't want to continue calling it the first division. Um, Sky came in. I thought it was a, you know, to, to be honest, it, it's a commercial move, and, and it's made the Premier League now what it is today. It, it's it's made it the best league in the world by a mile. It's the most lucrative league, um, and the wages are are incredible for the players there. And and, and I think it was a great move. And I, I think what Sky did was incredible. They, they brought in new technology, you know, new analysis during the games, you know, live, live coverage. They, 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 they brought all that in. Um, the only problem for Leeds was is that because the, the brand before wasn't their brand, what, what you saw then from then on in was that you never saw any clips of action from the old first division. It's as though the, the top division started uh, with the Premier League in in 1993, um, the, the, you know, Leeds became forgotten uh, to to some extent, uh, which is a real shame because you know when you look at Sky now, uh, the, the the other channels, BBC One, the ITV didn't get a look in. 
Sky only play clips from the Premier League, which which you can't blame them. But so it's it's not really celebrated that much. The fact that we were the last winners of the the old First Division, which is which is a shame. But I I I think it was a great move commercially wise. It had to be done. And and look at the league now. It's it's the best league in the world. No, absolutely. And despite the formation of the new league and the more money involved in English football, did you and Leeds target to win the Premier League after winning the First Division? Yeah, we 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 wanted to have another good season. To win it again, obviously with the teams around us, uh, would have been tough. You know, we knew United would would be there, challenging Arsenal, Liverpool. Um, but what we what we did do the next season, we we've, which is a real shame, we 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 changed the way we played a little bit. I think Howard. Um, Instead of sticking to what we knew and to, and, and to what was what worked, um, we started to become a little bit more complicated. We tried to play through midfield a lot more, and our style of play changed completely from the year before, where we were very direct, wingers and fullbacks bombing forward, getting lots of crosses in. We became a little bit too intricate, um, and we, we, in the end, you know, the, the results showed. In the end, we we almost at one stage we were in danger of getting relegated, which uh, you know. Com- Compare it to the season before was ridiculous. Uh, it should never have happened that way. But I, I do feel quite strongly. I've told Howard this as well. We changed. We shouldn't have changed the way we, we the style of play. We shouldn't have changed the way we played the season before. We should have carried on and just gave it another go. But I can understand why Howard did it. He wanted to be uh, as a manager. You want to develop. You want to de- uh, evolve the team um, and change it to, to a more stylish type of play. But I thought our play was stylish. I think it was okay. It was direct. Um, using me as a target man and, and, and players like Strachey, Gary Mack, Gary Speed, Dorigo, Sterling, you name it, bombing forward and, and just creating chance after chance. I, I think we should have carried on playing that way. So it was a real shame, but th- th- that's, that's history now. Leeds finished 17th in the inaugural Premier League season. And at this stage in your career, following the 92-93 season, you were 33. However, you were still scoring the goals for Leeds, once again being Leeds' top goalscorer for a third season in a row. Although you'd featured in Leeds every game for that Premier League season, Howard Wilkinson allowed you to leave at the end of that campaign and Leeds accepted a bid from Portsmouth. And as a result, you made a permanent switch to the South Coast. Did that come as a surprise to you as Wilkinson was happy to let you leave? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he wanted to change. I think um, I think he, he, he was trying to evolve the team uh, and obviously... Uh, I think he wanted to change. Uh, he thought I was. I, he he thought that I couldn't. I suppose thirty three as a striker, you're you're pushing it a little bit. I could have carried on for another season or two more, and I did. Obviously, I I had offers from West Ham, Portsmouth, and a couple of other clubs. Um, I went to Portsmouth because um, Leeds Howard Wilkinson made it clear that he was going to make changes, uh, and you know I didn't want to leave, um, but you know it was in a situation where I wasn't going to play. Um, so I, I, I sort of joined Portsmouth because Jim Smith was a, a friend of my dad's. Um, my dad used to be an ex-pro back in the day, and uh, I knew Jim, and uh, I, I thought I'd, I'd at least enjoy my football down there. Um, I moved to Portsmouth, didn't stay there very long, and moved to West Ham, who were in for me originally. But uh, yeah, I, and I, I played for another two two years, uh, three years, sorry, until I was 36. I could have. I could have carried on for another year, at least maybe two years at Leeds, um, but that wasn't to be, and I was really sad to leave. It was, it's such a shame. Yeah, and at the start of the 1993-94 season, your departure was to Portsmouth was confirmed, and during your three years at Leeds, you scored 62 league goals in 137 games and 
had a hugely successful time at Ellen Road. How did it feel to leave after such a good spell at the club? Yeah, it was sad. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to leave. I, I, I could have, I would have stayed. Um, I would have negotiated a new contract. Um, my, my contract was up, but uh, it, Howard wasn't certainly didn't want to offer me another one. I, I would have stayed with the, you know, with the right terms, of course. Yeah, but uh, I, 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 I it, it, managers have to make calls whether they're right or wrong. Um, who knows? But uh, I think my age, if I was uh, three or four years younger, he, he wouldn't have made that decision. But I think he, he was trying to be a little bit clever by probably predicting that I'd start to be going downhill pretty soon at 33. But I, again, I've always been really fit. I've always trained really hard. Uh, and, and I carried on playing for another three years and, and scoring goals during those three years. Even when I retired at 36, I could have carried on. But obviously, after having been lucky enough to have a, a career at the top, it's not nice playing, going down the leagues. And I, and I wasn't going to do that. I mean, I could have carried on for another two or three years after that, you know, 37, 38. But I didn't want to go downhill bit by bit, even though I could have carried on playing. And following your departure from Leeds, you did end up rejoining again a couple of years later in 1996. However, you only managed a couple of games and announced your retirement at the end of that same season. Since your retirement, have you had a chance to go back to Ellen Road and watch any matches? No, I haven't. No, I, and I'd love to. Um, I've been based in London ever since. You know, I've, um, I've, I've got projects uh, I've been working on down here since then for the last twenty odd, whatever years it is. Um, I, I've, yeah, I, I've never had a chance to go back. I've gone back for a few um, appearances with with some other uh, ex players from the, the title winning team. Uh, a few events um, I've been back and I've really enjoyed it um, but I've never been back for a game yet um, so I, I'd like to put that right pretty soon it'd be, it'd be great to get back up there again This second section of the show is where our followers get to ask their questions to our guests by commenting on our LUFC fans on Instagram post each episode, we select four questions which are commented and put them forward to our guest. This week's first question comes from Ricky, who asks, During your time at Leeds, who was the best defender you played against and why? Whoa, um, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I think um, I think the, the best two defenders, I think, uh, were probably um, uh, Steve Bruce, and um, Gary Pallister, I think they were they were a, a, a great partnership. Um, you know, Gary Pallister was 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 very similar to me, big, well built, and and liked to battle. Uh, and, and I always found it difficult, well, difficult, uh, competitive playing against those two um, because Bruce, Steve Bruce would complement Gary really well. Uh, and I think. Yeah, we had me and Gary would have a battle. You know, it'd be it'd be like all all out war, and you know, there'd be lots of knocks and bruises and cuts, uh, and and stuff going off on off the ball as well, which which happened a lot in those days. But I think yeah, those those two were probably the the, the toughest two centre-halves that I played against at that time. Our second question comes from Sean, who asks, "Who was the best player you played alongside at Leeds United?" Oh, I think um, that there were lots of great players. Uh, Gary Mack was, was, was tremendous. Gary Speed, God bless him, he was amazing. David Batty, um, you, you, the Tony Dorigo, Mel Sterling, s- sort of great players. But I think that the one that uh, st- st- stands out for me is, is, is Gordon Strachan. I think little Strachy 
Um, he was the life and soul of the team. He was the driving force. Uh, and I think he had an incredible three years. The, the, the first, the second division title and, 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 and the first two years in the, in, the, in the first division. I think he was the driving force behind the team. And there were times when we'd be a goal down with a few minutes to go, he would keep driving us forward and as a captain, keep urging us on. And, and I think he was a, a driving force behind Leeds. And I think, you know, if anyone deserves any outstanding credit for, for, for the success during that period, it, it's Gordy, little Gordy Strachan, without a doubt. Next up is Lucas, who asks, arguably the most two successful spells that you had during your time as a player was at Sheffield Wednesday and Leeds. And at both clubs, you were managed by Howard Wilkinson. What do you think it was about Wilkinson's playing style that allowed you to have the most successful times of your career? I, well, I think Howard um, uh, Howard Wilkinson, he, he, he knows players um, and he understands players. He knows their capabilities. He knows their strengths and their weaknesses. Uh, and he plays to their strengths. There's no point bringing a... I remember signing for Arsenal uh, from Stoke City in 1982. And... Um, they, they wanted me to be a, a tricky ball player, you know, um, taking on players and, and beating them. But that wasn't my game. I was a traditional centre-forward. Um, and my, my, my time at Arsenal didn't work out because of that. Now, Howard um, understood exactly what was needed to make me a success. Uh, you know, he needed great creative players, midfield players around me, wide people who could get down the, the flanks and deliver crosses. Uh, and then I would get on the end and score goals. And, and Howard knew exactly what, what, what made me tick and how I could be a success. Also, I, I, you know, I, I like managers that have a, um, are organised. They, they, they have uh, fitness um, regimes that, that makes, mean you're the fittest team out there. You're, you're well prepared in set pieces for and against. You, you know, you have a style of play that's well rehearsed during the week. So it's, you don't just go out there hoping on a wing and a prayer, it's all going to come right. And I think the, the reason why we were so successful together for, for nearly eight years, you know, three and a half at Leeds and, and four at Sheffield Wednesday, was because we both enjoyed this, this regime, this, this, this kind of preparation for games. And, and, and that, that's exactly why. And our final question of the show comes from Alfie, who asks, what was your favourite goal you scored at Leeds and why? Oh, I, my, the, the favourite goal, I, I scored a lot of goals and there's a lot of really good goals. It's not, I want to say it was the, the best individual goal I've ever scored at Leeds, but the most important one was the goal against Bournemouth. Uh, the final game of the season in the old second division, uh, when we had to win to get promotion, win the title, the second division title, the header, the header at Bournemouth. Uh, and that by far and away, I think, was the most important goal. And that's why uh, it's my favourite goal that I scored for Leeds. That ends today's episode. Thank you to everyone for sending your questions and thank you so much for your time, Lee. Thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure, guys. And uh, any time, let, 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 let me know when you want me to do it again, OK? Thank you, Lee. We'll be back in two weeks with our next guest. Stay tuned for the post on our LFC Fans on Instagram next week. Thanks for listening.